0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight-loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hi, Pod fans. It's JR here. It's, it's Swindon Town.
0: back hello joe hello rich uh slightly longer than we were intending to be away wasn't it too long frankly i needed you joe we we had it all planned out last week even though i was saying i don't think this is gonna happen but the presser went ahead but our version did not and with fair cause
2: yeah i think you have to cancel it when you sent me the message on the chat i initially thought you meant the rain and then i realized oh yeah the queen's about to die but it was yeah, it was a nice one to find out as we were about to as we were in the room ready to speak to Scott Lindsay that yeah, this game almost definitely isn't happening. And then you know, it was it was a long weekend, I think it's fair to say. Just trying to get through it without Swindon Town losing a football match. Yeah, I needed it. I needed a game last
0: weekend. Back to back. It would have been a Saturday and a Tuesday. Really looking forward to it. Alas, it wasn't to be. But these things, like I said, they happen. Big news this week is we have a new kit, a third kit ready for Doncaster away. The one that we were all looking at going, what are they going to do here? Uh, Town have released a green kit, very much Plymouth Argo in the 90s slash Nigeria in the 2010s vibe, which I think is really nice. Um, It brings me to a sentence I never thought I'd ever have to say aloud, Our third kit has a kangaroo on it. Uh, It sounds even weirder when you say it. It is what it is, but it's up there with Wiltshire County Council's decision to stick a great bustard on the county flag, which, well, don't get me started on that. Joe, my question to you is what Australian stereotypes would you
2: have liked to have seen on the Swindon Township? I must say if they had a sort of uh, word art version of a prawn and a barbecue on it, I think everyone would have liked that as well. No. shrimp on the
0: burbie yes please yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep
2: yeah. yep um cork hat, yes or no
0: uh, yeah why not rock, rock that on the back as a as another mm-hmm.
2: feature why not if we're going all in on
0: Australia consider this the uh the the think tank for next season's kit what about a can of
2: Fosters Oof, um, if they i'm sure uh thatchers wouldn't like that too much as one of the club's partners but you know we could we could ask if they wanted to get involved get some more money in the in the coffers Yep, good point. Tim Tams, pack of Tim Tams, what do you reckon? Uh, Penguins number one, but yeah, you know, if, if we're going to go down this route, I think we're going to see all of these eventually. Mm-hmm. And finally, Harold Bishop. Obviously, yeah,
0: sure. Of course, of course. Okay. Our very own Dan said in the group chat that a silhouette of Danny Infocible's goal against Peterborough would have been better, and I completely agree. I'd have taken Royce Brownlee's last-minute winner against Barnet myself, but he, yeah, it's the,
2: it's the finer things. Well, these days we could even have Charlie Austin on there with his adventures down under. So, if yeah, I would love a good bit of Royce Brownley and his rocket on the back of it. Oh,
0: what a moment that was! I heard, well, I didn't hear it. I didn't. I wasn't at the game. I was in Plymouth. I saw that come through on the uh, on the CFAX, uh flash score. Um, and uh, yeah, I was happy. I've had my fun. I'll probably have some more fun with this uh, <laughs> in the weekend pod. But hey. I can do what I want, right? Um, let's talk football. Before we get into the presser, there, there was one other rumour, or one rumour, before or over the weekend. Jordan Lydon, uh linked to Barrow. Uh, has he gone? Do we know? We, we knew he was in rehab with Swindon, but I've, I've read some ITK suggesting that he's not been in the building for a while. He was certainly in some of those pre-season photos, wasn't he? Uh, do we know anything there?
2: I don't think I've seen him since those pre-season, any of the photographs. Maybe they've just been better at hiding him. But um, Mm. I think we were also taken aback from, obviously, uh, I've said before, we sometimes get asked not to ask questions on certain things. We're told not to ask questions on on the Queen's um, passing itself. We're all just sort of reeling from having to get rid of all of those questions. that so we just forgot to ask about Jordan Lydon.
0: Uh, see, this is it. Maybe, hey, next season we can have Jordan Lydon on the away kit.
2: Yeah, just just get Lydon Luongo on on the sleeves or something. Be lovely.
0: I'm in. I'm in. Okay, let's talk about the, uh, the presser with Scott Lindsay ahead of Tuesday night's game against Sutton United at the county ground. A game I'm immensely looking forward to. It's quite funny because... We absorbed and you participated in the in the last presser, which you know not very much of it went to air because of the events of last week. And the thing that was really, really obvious to me when I was listening back to it and was different to the presser for Sutton was that he was mega, mega upbeat for the Newport presser and he went back to neutral for this one.
2: Yeah, he's he's um, making up for it because if anyone watched the YouTube video or just even listened to Scott Lindsay's mm. post-Gillingham presser, his uh, his forehead was essentially on the ground during that one, and I think he he felt <laughs> I, I need to make up for that, so I'm just going to be happy, jolly Scott Lindsay today, or for the for the one that was supposed to be before the weekend, and then he's he's returned back to neutral whilst sat in uh, a bar from um, in the um, at the training ground, so. He's uh he's gone through all the emotions in the last week. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it was lovely hearing him so upbeat last week,
0: which uh, we weren't able to show you, good listeners. The the questions inevitably for this one were firstly down to the schedule, so no no discussions about the queen herself, but there were there were questions about the schedule and the unexpected break and indeed the cancellation, all wrapped into one. Uh,
2: what, what did he have to say about the unexpected and prolonged gap between games? They, he said that they found out officially that the game was being postponed um, whilst they were actually in the middle of a training session doing some sort of set-up work specifically to, geared towards Newport. And um, obviously, they I think it was actually during the press conference that Scott Lindsay and Johnny Williams last week found out uh, the Queen's condition, but they found out that the game is being postponed whilst they were at Reversbrook. Preparing fully for the game, expecting it to be on, but thinking that probably it wouldn't be. And from that point, uh, he apparently sent all the players off the pitch, got them back, and when they got back, they had to do running. So I bet they were they were not not overly pleased with the change in schedule, but it did mean they got to have two days off over the weekend. And I think you know if anyone's been looking around at players' Instagram stories, I think I saw Luke Jeff got with pie face in Plymouth. Angus McDonald went for a walk. You know they've they've clearly enjoyed their few days off. And um, they've been back in today and just treated Sutton like they planned to anyway, coming in on the Monday and preparing from there. Isn't Pie Face a Bash Street kid? Um, He is a Twitch streamer, Rich. Um, I don't know how familiar you would be with his FIFA content, but... uh... He's a, he's a big name in the Plymouth scene as we all have at some point
0: in our lives no I'm new to this is this Jack Pie McDermott that would be
2: him yes there we go hello Jack well friends with Luke Jeffcott no bad thing yeah it shows that there's still a lot of love for Jeffcott in Plymouth even if he's uh, he's playing in Swindon now and cast asunder by his still employers, I guess it seems that Pyface is
0: indeed a Beano character I just want to <laughs> stress that you know I'm so old um, well done is he one of these sort of chaps that on YouTube opens up packs of things
2: yeah that's most of what he does I believe he also does uh yeah away day videos as well with Plymouth but he is mostly known for uh opening up packs on on YouTube and Twitch as you say
0: oh man making money off that tip of the cap to the guy that is lovely stuff okay well it, it it feels like it was the big debate of the weekend amongst football fans wasn't it you had A whole bunch of people that didn't care either way. It is what it is sort of thing. You had one side that were like, what an outrage. Queen was, you know, one with the common person. So let us watch some football, play some football. And then there was the other side, which was like, we absolutely should not play this weekend. If we would have played, I'd have gone. It it didn't happen and I was fine with that. That's where I stand. Ultimate fence it.
2: Yeah, I was very much in the agnostic camp. I wasn't one of your Richard Keysers saying it would. It was an absolute disgrace that rugby and cricket and what, what have you carried on. I was, you know, if we play, we play. If we don't, you know, I, the, technically speaking, I think the plan was to have 10 days of morning. And I was sat in the counter ground last Thursday thinking... We weren't even going to be having this game. So, yeah. if anyways, I'm thinking bonus football this Tuesday. What I was surprised at, given all the procedures
0: and all the plans, is they kind of just said to the football, to the governing bodies, ah, just sort it out. <laughs> it's like, oh, so we, we had say in it.
3: Yeah,
2: it was slightly strange. There, there was a grand plan. I've seen a lot of people say, where, where was the plan? Surely they should have known what was happening. And as, as I said, there, there was a plan for this, but they just decided... We don't have to follow it, so you do, you guys, and then I guess just with, with paralytic fear of the Daily Mail and the Mail Online and what Ryan and what Ryan Walker might say, they've decided to to knock it on the head for one weekend at least. Oh, are we that afraid of Ryan Walker? Um, well, we sure we should be. He's you know he's he's got friends in high places, as people may know from his ITK stuff. And he can can wreak havoc.
0: (laughs) He absolutely can. Let's move on to Swindon matters. So there was some transfer news this... Well, today we got... We know Harry Parsons is at Banbury, but the confirmed... Loan moves have been given to Harrison Minton, who's gone to Gloucester, then National League North somehow, and Oscar Massey, who went for Hungerford. And by the wording of the uh, of the article that the club released, it sounded like he had a choice of a few clubs, but he, he's gone, Oscar Massey's gone to Hungerford, who are National League South.
2: Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out wh- whether, whether i had seen this before, because I thought that um, we'd already sent Harrison Minton out on loan. But I believe what I was thinking of was was actually that presser where Scott Lindsay mentioned that it was about to happen, and then today we got confirmation. And Oscar Massey was out on the road as well. So I think two good moves for the pair of them. We've now got three players playing in Tier Six at the moment. I I wasn't totally certain Massey would would make it to this step quite quite so quickly, given he's not played any senior football really yet. But it was it's good to see that there were there were options for him. And Hungerford Hungerford are a reasonable team for the level, and it seems like you know it's. As with all of these loans, because they're going to semi-professional teams, we can continue training training them ourselves. And then they just do um, the few sessions that their clubs do with them. So it's quite beneficial for us. They get to still play matches. They, we've only got potentially two EFL trophy games left. And those are your only real opportunities for those guys. Massey didn't even get to play in the first one due to injury. So it's a good news all round, really, getting those players out.
0: Yeah, and is, is that very much what Scott Lindsay uh, was coming from in terms of his opinion? Yeah, that
2: was very much. It was, you know, it's it's beneficial for them more than anything else to get that experience of men's football. I think he referenced because obviously Gloucester, I think, literally at the cutoff of the National League North, he, he'll have to make some big old, big old trips up north with his thing, which is will be an experience for him. I suppose I believe he'll be playing with Jordan Young as well, as an ex-Swindon alumni. So, oh,
0: Chippenham. He's at Chippenham, oh, he's at
2: Chippenham now. He's, he's, la- he's left. I just yeah. remember having seen him play for Gloucester last summer. So, but yeah, um, maybe potentially Fabian Rubell, was he left as well? Um, he was definitely there
0: last season. I don't think he's there anymore, unfortunately, but yeah, he was there for a few years, wasn't he? Yeah,
2: he was a bit of a bit of a lifer at Gloucester by the end of things. But yeah, all, all the players I could remember having watched play for Gloucester no longer there, apparently. But um, it's, it's, I now know one, which is nice for at least a month. Um, and it's, yeah, this, these loans are nothing but good news, really. If God, I don't think either of them have made a first-team squad this season, potentially the first match for Harrison Minton, but for the league games at least. And if they're not going to play here, then it's definitely better to get them out and, and get them playing in reasonably competitive football.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, who oh, He's got to go to Telford. Chorley, good news—he gets to play Harry Parsons, Bambury, Southport, Alfreton, Farsi, Celtic, Chester. Have fun, Harrison, and indeed Harry. That's some mileage. Uh, you don't think that when you join Gloucester, but yeah, lovely. Good luck to them. Um, good move for Massey. Good move for Minton. Hope they do really well. Let's talk about Sutton. So, what do we know about Sutton this season? Well, they've had an all right start to the campaign. A little bit of a wobble early on, but they've won their last two games. So they sit three points and a couple of places above Swindon. So we'll be looking to go level with them. If we beat them, we'll probably go above them, which will be nice. But in the last two games, they have beaten Harrogate and Mansfield at home. And before that, they drew at Grimsby. So they're no pushovers, are they? What did Scott Lindsay have to say about
2: Sutton? Well, it was was the one thing I was determined not to write in the live blog this week, which always gets memed up straight after it about um, they're a good team. Unfortunately, Scott Lindsay didn't say it this time, so I didn't just have to admit that he'd said it. He did say big test, but it's not quite the same, so we'll give him bonus points for expanding his vocabulary uh, in that way. But yeah, it was. I think it was the question you're always going to get with Sutton, for those who would have watched their games with his last season, which I believe were both Tuesday nights. Um, they're, a, they're a big physical side. Their goalkeeper takes the free kicks even from the halfway line and further up, is the main thing I remember of them. They're very much a, you know, your yeah. quintessential uh, League Two long ball side, but it did very well for them last season. They were just cruelly missing out on the playoffs by the fact that uh, one team in Bursham refused to lose to Exeter on the final day. Um, <laughs> but they they had a great season really against all expectations they've not started this one quite so well but as you say they've picked up in the last few they're a, they're a big side they're going to be difficult to play against i think um we'll hear later my my the fun of my little look at the league 2 stats from earlier today but they're a side who get more shots i think mean, second most shots inside the penalty area of any side in the division so far um so they're they're a side who are good at creating chances in high percentage areas but they also have some good players as well we got the uh uh, we got the nice chat about will randall who i wasn't sure if lindsay would have caught the back end of but he just about did i think before he headed off to wolves whilst he was managing the swindon youth side so Mm -hmm. uh, it was very glowing in his appraisal of Randall and his various abilities, and his what someone going to have to deal with this e- uh, tomorrow evening.
0: Yeah, we, we we've lost Dean Buzanis, who was that goalkeeper in game one. He was injured for the second game. We had the veteran Stuart Nelson, who I kind of half expect to rock up at Swindon, even though he's in his forties. Now we need a now we need a veteran goalkeeper to uh, deputise for Sol Brin. Yeah, I remember last season uh, I was talking on a Sutton podcast. This week, and I was reminded how well Johnny Williams had played in the first game. Second game, I don't remember being a pretty affair. We we won both of them 2-1, didn't we? Yeah, it was, it was a midweek. It was around about the Cheltenham Festival, I think. And I remember walking back to the uh, station and seeing lots of people stuttering around, stumbling around Swindon looking for their hotel after a long day at the races. Um, yeah you mentioned Will Randall's been discussed also discussed believe it or not you'll be shocked to hear Lewis Ward
2: yeah Lewis Ward came up he didn't actually feature in the first game he was available for at all he wasn't even on the bench but you would expect given that they've they've paid money for a go- for the guy I don't know obviously we don't know how much but I can't imagine Sutton have done that very often in their history so they clearly see a lot in Lewis Ward and I think it would be fair to say that Scott Lindsay wasn't as glowing on Lewis Ward as he was on Will Randall. and certainly didn't go um, into as much detail on what he thought about him. But obviously, people will know because he's played for us and he has spoken about him in the past. This is his, his second number one. But um, yeah, he's, he's a good goalkeeper, obviously. I think we don't really need to go too much into Lewis Ward because everyone knows who he is. But he, he did say he hopes that he doesn't play because... It makes our task a lot harder if he does, which was the main takeaway. Yeah, I
0: think it'd be incredibly harsh if Sutton uh, drop Jack Rose after the last three games for them. But stranger things have happened. Yeah, I, again, I spoke on the Sutton podcast and I gave my sort of version of events that I think he's um, sort of thrown his toys out of his pram and, and left because he didn't get that number one spot and the Sutton fan, Matt, Gave the, the more glass half full version of that story, which was essentially that we're obligated to play him, uh, play Sol Brin And therefore Lewis Ward doesn't mind a competition, but there's no competition if, if Sol Bryn is having to play. Now, that's something that the club have never confirmed and gone at lengths to suggest otherwise haven't they.
2: Yeah, I we've said in the past that it was very much a competition it was won by Solbrin based on his pre-season experience. I think I think there's probably a middle ground between you and the Sutton fans points there where you know um Lewis Ward probably wasn't he probably expected to be number 1 this year after Jojo left and he was he'd performed quite so well and even won the shirt at the end of the season going into the playoffs but there is probably the financial consideration that it costs us less money if Sol Brins does play. So there was probably that, that thinking that went into it as well. But I think very much Lewis Ward was expecting first team starts and when he wasn't getting them, thought it was best to go elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. So
0: how, how do we, how are we planning to
2: combat Sutton and their, and their style? Well, as, as per usual, it's very very much by what we can do to them and, I mean that's probably a, a fair explanation. The main thing I remember from that, that other than the free kicks from the goalkeeper, um, Dean Mizzanis, was how brilliant Swindon were in that first half against Sutton. Certainly for the first half an hour or so. So the way that Swindon can beat them is by playing playing the passing football that we know that we're capable of. I know people have been have had their say about the uh, about being a bit blunt in attack so far, but I think Sutton will be a lot more adventurous than Gillingham were with ten men. But Swindon's passing has been proven effective against them in the past. And if they can get that going, and I think there is some real flow and movement in Lindsay's team when they're actually purring, then then we should we should be able to show them what we're about. And it won't matter too much how, how combative and physical they are, because we've dealt with sides who are thriving in that area before. Yeah, you were heavily photographed
0: in the away end at Gillingham, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So you were there, and the next question was about taking risks, and they and they cited the the Gillingham game on this.
2: I was in the away end. I was sat sat just in front of the the exit, so I think it was quite I was quite visible where I was. But um, yeah, it was it was the big it was the big talking point of the Gillingham game, and came up quite a fair amount in the um in the one that presser we did for Newport was that I need to take more risks on the ball and I think Lindsay is probably fairly sceptical of just you know you need to take more risky passes, and it is more about the build-up and having that movement which creates the spaces you don't need to take a quote-unquote risk but if you're playing properly it isn't a risk it's the correct thing to do but and he's he's very much come out today and last Thursday firmly in the what we need, what we need should have done against Schillingham and didn't do was hit them quickly straight after the red card. But we let them settle in and gave them a bit of confidence. And then by the end of the game, it was just getting harder and harder to break down a team who, had, um, as I put in a bit of a tactical explainer on on site last week, had essentially just put nine players inside their own penalty box for you know at least the last twenty five minutes or so, and that w- that was the issue. And it was it's, ne- it's probably being braver. From from the, when the moments arise to attack, rather than necessarily always being braver on the ball, because I think there's a fair amount of brave, bravery going on. They're just they're just not finding the openings yet, and that comes with as Lindsay's been talking about a lot that movement that they need to get into the possession of football because that's what gets it to work.
0: That we discussed, you were in the Ginningham ends a little bit of angst during the game. Were you understanding of that angst, or did you think it was just a little bit too soon for all that?
2: Well, the bit that got me the most was at the end, there was, as, as people were leaving, there was a few jives thrown at players on the pitch and, as, as they were walking off. But the only player who was actually close to the Swindon fans was Louis Reed. And I'm just sat there thinking, why well, on earth would you ever criticise Louis Reed? Not only was he brilliant in that game, but he's brilliant in every game and is one of the best footballers we've probably ever had at this club, certainly whilst I've been watching. And there were there were Lindsay outchants and I, I think, i'm i quite like scott lindsay i like what he's doing and i like him as a person and i've definitely been a lot slower than other people to turn on him and i haven't turned on him in any way shape or form as yet and i think it is way too early to be going to that place because looking at I, i've enjoyed being at stockport and being at Gillingham because it's allowed me to watch the games in more depth than when i'm covering the matches from the press box and I'm I'm seeing a lot of football there that I like, and a lot of stuff that, with extra coaching and extra familiarity, I think will get us to where we want to be a lot sooner than people have, are thinking right now. Hmm. Nicely put. Here's hoping. Who's unavailable for the Sutton game? Yeah, it's uh, it's got to the point where the the injury list is very short once again. It is the same as it would have been for Newport, but as as has been said, you didn't hear that one. It is it's just Tommy Adeloy and I I believe he, he's just not saying. Rushaw Hepburn Murphy, but he he is also not available. But is just Tommy Adeloy. Everyone else is ready. I think they weren't going to play Reese Devine against Newport, but he had made himself available for selection and had a good week of training. And he's he's will be available again going to Sutton. You think Mate with the two days off will have done him well? My guess would be he might be on the bench, depending on uh, where our depth is, because I think our squad's looking pretty good right now. With just the one injury, you've got a lot of competition with places on the bench, and a lot of players who can come on and impact things. The final area that I want to discuss is the question was, "Where are the team? Where are
0: the team at currently?" What does Scott Lindsay say here?
2: Um, I'm not sure this is this was the answer that Johnny was necessarily asking the question to me, and I think maybe he thought, "Where are they in terms of their development?" But Lindsay was taking it very much on a in a coach's way, in a week by week basis, where you know we were we were really ramped up and ready to go on Saturday and that game didn't end up happening and we've gone away in there and prepared as we would normally have done. They've probably even had more time to look at Sutton than they would have done before because they weren't they weren't working on Saturday like they normally would have been. So we're very much prepared once again to play this game and hopefully that ten days rest and that all that training will culminate in this team being being increasingly fluent in their attacking play. And getting a positive result. Yeah, how rude of me.
0: This presser was, of course, yourself, Johnny Leefield of the Adver, and Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Swindon slash Wilts. Shall we hear your questions? I'm sure, they take
2: out no offence, but let's hear them. <laughs> I was doing a bit of stats diving earlier today. I know, I know, you love when we get our stats up because they're different to yours. But um, you were second top for shots taken from outside the box. Are you and then sort of around the middle from when they were taken inside the box. Are you happy with that sort of split, or would you like maybe at times to try and create that better chance?
4: Sorry, Joe, is that is that just from the Gillingham game, is that?
2: that? was That's from the whole season.
4: From the whole season. So can you tell me the stat again, please?
2: It was your second for shots taken outside the box, and then 11th for shots taken inside the box, according to who scored.
4: Yeah, yeah so that stat would tell me that we need to... Um, have more guile to get kind of inside the box, you know, and, and to have um, like we speak about, you know, what I call definite movement to open different gaps up to slide people in and try and get kind of more um, more opportunities within the box. Um, Saturday so was a little bit different, I felt, because obviously with the man getting sent off, it became a different game. Um, and we, you know, like I said before, we hoofed and puffed and couldn't break them down. We we did put the ball in the box. A lot of times, but because of the amount of bodies in there, we never got anything clear cut or um, certainly guilt edge. Um, I can only really remember Fraser's header just before half time that I feel possibly we, we should have scored at that moment. Um, and then I can never really remember uh, Jeff Cott maybe the one where he flicks it over the bar from close range. Um, but from the amount of possession that we had against 10 men, we certainly should be making the keeper do more work.
2: Yeah, and then obviously after the disappointment of Gillingham, obviously there was it was no one's fault that the game got postponed, but would you maybe have liked to have not had quite so long in between the game just to sort of get back on the horse with a win after being so frustrated?
4: Yeah, I would sooner have played Sunday morning, if, if truth be known, after the Gillingham game, you know, just to get back, like you say, get back on the horse as soon as possible. Really frustrating for me, the Gillingham game, and, and I know for the players as well, and you know, we wanted to kind of put that right really quickly, but of course, circumstances has not allowed that. So, yeah, very frustrating week.
2: Yeah, that's all from me, Scott. Thanks.
4: Thanks, Joe.
0: You got the stats out. You've been doing some digging. Did you get what you wanted?
4: Yeah. Well, it
2: was from the perspective of having to ask a lot of um, another round of questions after a press conference uh, where nothing and nothing had ended up happening. I was looking around with some more things, and I thought we, were, you know, there is a decent sample size as. You'll hear any data analysts talk about quite a lot of football who have gone in. Now we've played what seven or eight games at this point in the league. So I was looking through the statistics and seeing if there was anything, anything noteworthy in there. And I obviously, with a team that aren't as, aren't as free flowing and scoring loads of goals so far, if you look at the shots, and uh, I think people were certainly at Jindim getting annoyed with the lack of. Um, taking aim from from range at times in that game, but uh, Swindon, I believe, only to Salford were the second side in the league at taking shots from outside the box, whereas taking them inside the box there uh, a lot a lot lower down the list. So you're thinking from that is that is that a positive trend that he wants? And obviously the answer is sort of no. It's it's they they want to be you know especially coming off of a question from Johnny where he was asking, do you want? them to be pulling the trigger more I was, think, I was thinking because I had this lined up um, you know maybe I'm pulling the trigger too much in fact and we need to be um, t- having a little bit of patience as take that would say and and getting the ball into the right areas rather than rather than rushing it in having a shot because I believe only Fraser Blake Tracy's actually scored one of those shots from outside the box so far so it's it's finding those chances and you talked about in the Gillingham game things were a bit different, but we probably only had two or f- two, three, maybe four chances from inside the box. Whereas you know Tyree Shade, Ben Gladwin, a couple, I think Johnny Williams would have had one or two as well. Had a couple of shots from outside the box, and you're not going to score loads and loads of goals consistently if most of your shots. And I think it's roughly half and half actually. You look at the actual numbers if if that many shots are coming from outside of the box. Yeah, you had me at Take That Patience
0: reference, I'm afraid. So um, my head went, <laughs> top three Take That songs,
2: go. Oof, um, put me on the spot now. Um, greatest Day, probably up there. Patience is probably one of them. I don't want to say I relight really like My Fire. I don't think it's particularly good. John str- I must say I'm struggling to think of Think of the actual titles to take that song back for good. Surely it's back for good. It's got to be up there, hasn't it? I don't know. It's a bit slow for me. I find. Okay,
0: okay. Never forget.
2: I I, I think this segment is unfortunately flopping, Rich. Yeah. Well,
0: you mentioned it, so I'm (laughs) going to pounce every single time. Popular culture references. I will go there. Your second question. I like that. He said he would have played Sunday morning if he could.
2: I'd have been there. Yeah, I think if you're looking quotes wise, that was that's definitely the best one, possibly the best one he's given all season. Um, if you're from a journalist's perspective, um, I don't think many in the away end would have been there, but I would have gone again if they if they had a game lined up for the Sunday. It was a nice rallying cry that you know, you've, you always he said a lot that he would rather have a seven day full preparation. I thought specifically in that situation and because of the cancellation, um, I'm a absolutely brilliant poet um, that that that, that um, maybe you you're wanting to get not a rhythm going, but just shake away all that negative energy and thoughts from that game where you know you should have done more than you did. And you know, he's he was he said very much so, as you say, he'd have played the following day. Um if they'd had the opportunity and he just wanted to get going. And this cancellation is it was nothing to do with nothing anyone could have done about it really, other than the EFL. Um but and it hasn't necessarily played to how they would have wanted things to go, but you get this extra time and you've got to take it.
0: You sure do. Okay, cool. Um, Should we do predictions
2: now? I'm going to go 3-1 Swindon. I'm going to play the numbers and try and get one on the board and say 1-1. Ooh, okay. Um, Don't know how I feel
0: about that, Joe. (laughs) I hope I'm right this week.
2: (laughs) Definitely. I I was way too cynical in that prediction, I think it's fair to say. But, you know... results are what you're looking for at the end of the day. And I think this, the, our personal predictions battle is possibly more important than league two at this point.
0: Almost certainly. And it looks like you've adopted the pollen method, which is, well, if I adopted my own method, I'd be running away with it, but
2: you'd be absolutely flying like Lake Norian last, absolutely... right now, if you were oh. doing that.
0: So we didn't have a player for this one, but I figured that we would sort of go back to the last presser because Johnny
2: Williams was the guest and he was a delight. Yeah, I, Johnny Williams is the first player I'd actually interviewed, not a, not including Michael Doughty or Jamie Sanders White, whilst they were a Swindon player last season. And he's just by far and away the best Swindon player to talk to. It is absolutely no com- no competition. He is a brilliant interview. So 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 lovely as a person. You know, he engages with us whilst he's in there, has a few jokes. But also, he speaks so thoughtfully. He speaks at length, which a lot of players don't necessarily do. I think um, when you probably saw the file come in, the difference in length of player interviews from, say, someone like Tom Clayton to... Johnny Williams it's about three times the length it's it's just an absolute dream and he's he's lovely and I would like him to stay forever (laughs) that would be
0: nice wouldn't it no it's it's one of these ones where like when I listen to the audio sort of doing a bit of note-taking and you can switch off with some footballers and I'm not talking about the current squad I'm talking about like the two and a bit um, seasons that we've been doing these presses certainly well over a season now but with Johnny Williams I, I listen to it all and sort of pause to listen at times. Um, he was—he talked about the frustrations of the Ginium game, but the reason why we're bringing this back, as yourself, as a fan of the three <laughs> draws is a win. You had a show dedicated to, with that title. Um, he went and bloody said it, didn't he? But three
3: draws equals one win, and you know oh, we've had man. more than three draws, and that's you know it's the same as points as oh, getting one win. So it's.
2: Yeah, he actually said it. He actually said it. I could not believe what was going on. I was looking around at everyone thinking, am I being pranked? Is, is, is someone pulling something on me? I, I think Johnny had asked the question, so I was sort of looking to him because he would he would get it, right? But no one was sort of looking back at me.
0: Oh, no one, no one was doing the Thierry Henry sort of smirk going up and down, up and down when he said it.
2: No, no one's... No, I, I I must have been the only person who actually met, only clocked it. I thought, just, just to preserve a bit of... Johnny Williams's dignity. I decided not to put it in the live blog, but it was a lovely bit of promo for a podcast that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, free draws is a win. <laughs> Go check out the back catalogue. Uh, there's some lovely knockout tournaments in there, which probably stand up now. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a brilliant brilliant moment to actually be in a Swindon press room when someone says free draws is a win, just like Luke Williams did. I wasn't lucky enough to be in that room when that happened. I felt like I was a part of history watching johnny williams say it in the flesh yeah it, it probably just says to you that we need to move on from it right yeah it's 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 a bit of a hang-up and maybe <laughs> the fact that i was the only one who got it was um, was was a bit of a sign but it was it was just lovely just just to hear those old words. Hey,
0: um, he's doing great now with North County, and we wish him well. So, um, Johnny Williams was asked about the setup and playing wide. What did he say here? Can you remember? Yeah,
2: it was a little while ago, but I think I do do recall the gist of what he said. And it was because I I think I brought this up before at points that Johnny Williams had said to us last season that he he is loving the fact that he was playing in that number eight role and playing centrally. And obviously, this season with the shift in formation and the new players coming in, he's been bumped out wide. But and I think he said he was, you know, he would obviously rather play in the middle, but he likes the freedom that Scott Lindsay has given him. Where even if he is playing wide, he can come inside and stick. Because if you watch the games, he might be nominally playing on the wing, but he's essentially playing the same role he played before. He comes inside, he picks up the ball, he dribbles it, he makes plays from you know, those sort of central areas and the half spaces. So I don't think there's actually that much different with what Johnny Williams is doing. That was the general sense he got where maybe he is playing in a position that on paper he wouldn't want to play in, but he's playing, being allowed to play in such a way that he's very happy to keep doing it.
0: Um, I like how he was asked about being fouled, which he is a lot, but he also goes to ground very, very easily in my opinion, Williams. But again, just a lovely answer to this, if
2: I remember rightly. It was... um... Well, on the fouling, I think it was he. Was, it was interesting, to see, because that was straight after McCurdy had left. That it was all of a sudden Johnny Williams was was the uh, the opposition's uh, the channeling of all of their hate was at Johnny Williams because he kept being fouled and kept going to ground. But um, it was it was sort of talking about when he was playing youth football and playing. He played up to age groups because obviously he's as he's as talented as and as much of a wizard as we know he is. And when you're that good at a young age, they do make you play with bigger players than you. And it was always that um, that thing of they can't stop you because so they're going to have to foul you and take you down so you don't keep dribbling past people. And I think uh, right, Niche references a Jamie Johnson book where he says something very similar about, you know, there's a... If you don't get if they're fouling you, it means that they just can't do anything else to stop you.
0: Now Jamie Johnson, uh, my daughter watches that on CBBC, and I'm fairly sure the coach is the guy in Alan Partridge C- series two that's building his house. That's all I've got.
2: I I've, I've, can't say I've watched the show, so I don't I don't know who the the actor necessarily is, but I've I, I read the books whilst I was a lot younger and. That part and a bit about doing stepovers was the only bit that I ever actually remembered. Well,
0: there we go. Um, one final bit before we go into your question about the World Cup to Johnny Williams. My notes went a bit Max Rushton, Guardian football podcast, where I said Jeff Cotton Roberts are Welsh too, aren't they, Barry? I think there was a question about the fact that two Welsh guys had joined him and that was nice.
2: Yeah, it was it was very much the, the um, hospital passes that Rushton plays to Glenn Denning with the... You know, this is a fact, isn't it? And the only answer is yeah, I suppose they are Welsh. Um, but he, I think he, he he as Johnny Williams is inclined to do, he did extend the answer longer than maybe he needed to with in a very nice way. Was, well, I, I don't know he talked about he didn't necessarily know them from the Wales setup. I think he had maybe met Jeff Cott once.
0: He knew Jeff Cott but not yeah, he knew Jeff Cott but he didn't know Roberts, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, so he you no, know, he does probably knows a bit about Roberts, but he he'd met Jeff Cott. Once or twice, maybe, but obviously, he plays in a different Wales team to the, one of those guys would have been in. So he, he doesn't know either of them personally, but he did speak he speak about liking Jeff Cott as a player and knowing what he could do and having to play into that style more, which was a lot of the chat about, again, again about Gillingham and what they needed to do to get this guy goals because they know he'll get them. Yeah, I think we've gone
0: all in on Jeff Cott and I'm all for it because I think, I hope, I pray he's going to be very very good on that front let's listen to your question to Johnny Williams
2: let's hear them Johnny um, obviously it was a big conversation of some of players wanting to be in good frame for the World Cup I imagine you're still in the frame obviously to go does that play on your mind much at
3: this part of the season I mean, you're trying to be informed but also stay fit for that Um I'd say yes and no it's, it's mentioned to me a lot on a, probably a daily basis whether I can escape it or not people mention it because It's such a big deal. Um, But for me, when it comes to training and playing, um, my full focus is playing well for Swindon, and and my full focus is trying to get up the top of the table as good as we can, and staying there, Um, and winning as many games as we can until then, and throughout the season. Um, I just want to do well here, and then coming so close last year to promotion, I I really want to achieve that here. so, yeah, my full focus is on Swindon. If Obviously, if I get selected to go, that'll be an amazing achievement and one that you know cherish I just hope that Newport being a Welsh team, they
2: might want to kick you, less. Yeah, I'm not,
3: I'm not sure that'll be the case. <laughs> That's all
0: for me. Thanks, Johnny. Cheers, man. There you go, World Cup chat in Everspool. If you've got Johnny Williams in the room, you pretty much have to. They've extended the squad size. He's never missed unless injured a a selection for the Wales national team in what feels like an eternity. He barely plays. And when he does, he contributes. So therefore proves his worth. We all know that he's that vibe coordinator. He's he's important. But he was very, very coy on whether he'd make the squad. I think he'd be a fool if he didn't think he was in there. But in, until, he, well, until he's told otherwise, he's got to keep on trying, isn't he? Yeah, I think
2: privately he probably pretty certain he'll be going to Qatar. He's a clear favourite of Rob Page's. As you say, he, whenever he does get a shot, which is usually in the unimportant games, he, he does play well. But Obviously, he's behind players like Brennan Johnson and Gareth Bale. So much pitch time again in games against teams like England at the World Cup is probably unlikely. So, yeah, but, you know, Johnny Williams is there. You've got to ask him about it. And I think I got the impression that he is a bit fed up with people asking about it in the World Cup. I think what in his answer you will have heard just then was he did say you know people do seem to people ask him about it on almost a daily basis, which I think when you play for Swindon and you're a a footballer an international team about to go to a World Cup is it's probably fair enough it doesn't happen that much as um as this I think you always come out with the stats about you know how many Swindon players have actually been to World Cups as current town players it's it's not very many Um, so. You know, it's it's nice, and obviously his answer was was the answer it had to be was about how he's you know he's very it would be very honoured to get that call up, but at this moment in time he's all in on wanting to play well for Swindon, and he was re- he seemed really um really ready to go on on that that will to get promotion here because of what happened last year, and he, he seemed a bit shaken up by it and really disappointed and really determined to put that right. Which was, which was really lovely to hear.
0: Yeah, Anna McLaughlin, Jan Fjortov, and Maslowongo, the latter didn't play. And I'll tell you something, if Wales are qualified before the England game, there's every chance that we'll see our Johnny play against England. Could you imagine the conflict of him scoring the winner against
2: England? That would be quite the thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be one of those, um, uh, those moments where, is it the Ralph Haas and Hoodle gif where you're just like, yes, Johnny Williams, oh, for God's sake. Kind of things, or potentially in the in the flipped order, where you're like, "What are you doing, Pickford?" And then, "Oh, there's Johnny." Uh, so I, I think that 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 roller coaster emotions may come into things, but it, it would just be lovely to see him. I you was know, a for two minutes against Iran. Even it would it would just be nice for Johnny Williams to get on on the pitch, which Massaongo, I think. You know, it was a terrible no, he was robbed. He, he, was he was robbed. Disgusting that he never got on that pitch, really.
0: The guy won him the Asia Cup, and he didn't get one minute. So harsh. In two World Cups, too. Both World Cups he went to, he didn't get a minute so so mean anyway that's that's for whenever i get the chance to talk to Maslowongo, and i don't think he'd want to talk about that for too long speaking of too long i think we've probably been talking for too long yet again it's what we do so we'll we'll call it there there's his hoping three one over one one right
2: yeah definitely definitely all in on rich's prediction rather than mine i was i was being silly yeah and let's hope you were silly until then joe thank you very much thank you very much rich
0: the Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down influenced by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on Swindon. I a bubble.